pretty good way to start the morning, isn't it? Bible teaches us to act out our faith, to live our faith, an example. And uh, what a great way of sharing the truth uh, this morning. As we go to the Lord in prayer, let's pray to God to speak to our hearts. Uh, we need revival. We need a move of God in our lives. And I believe this morning will encourage us on just how we can do our part. We can always look at others and say, oh, if government will do this, and the schools will do that, and the countries will do this. But it starts with believers. Let's pray God and speak to our hearts this morning. Let's pray. Father, may your will be done in this place. God, may we be surrendered to your power and your authority. God, I pray that you would <coughs> reign supreme in everything that's said and everything that's done, and it be done for your honor and your God, your glory. Lord, Save sinners. Change lives. Lord, sanctify us to be what you have created us to be. To love you and bring glory to your name. Father, we ask all this today in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. What a joy it is to be in God's house. I've been working on cleaning all week in my wife's mother's house and fighting Atlanta traffic, driving back from Rome yesterday, and uh, so I'm glad to be back home. I'm glad to be in Flagstaff, and uh, glad to be with my brothers and sisters in Christ this morning. Let's, uh, don't forget now, uh, everything going on, uh, sign up, I saw some signing up this morning, let's not wait to the last minute, please, I beg you, before you leave, sign up for the trunk or treat. For October 28th and uh, we'll have those decorated and we're going to give awards to you know most creative funniest you know those kinds of things those who give out the most hundred dollar bills you know that kind of stuff um, but uh, we're, we're going to have a great time and that night we're also going to have a pancake sausage uh, supper uh, donations to raise money to support our, our student ministry. And so we look forward to that. And then, coming up in December, and I believe it's December 12th, uh, we're going to be having, uh, is it Jingle for Jesus, I believe it's called? Is that right? All you running fanatics? Um, we are really focused on blowing away our goal uh, to raise money for our international missionaries. This is our international mission board. You know, I, I told you several months ago that there's a shortfall in our international missions. And because of that, we uh, may be losing six to 800 missionaries around the globe. Well, churches are raising up and saying, we can't have that. And I believe we need to be a part of that. So we have set $10,000 as our bottom end. We want to blow that out of the water. And it's already started. I mean, we're already past 10% of that, I believe. And, so, and, and we're not even to November. And this is a Christmas offer. So we're having the Jingle for Jesus. It's a 5K. There's going to be a one-mile fun run as well. And uh, so we want to encourage you to be paying attention to that. Uh, Brooke and Joey Smith are, are heading up the whole effort for our Lottie Moon Christmas offering. And they're doing a phenomenal job 
in that you're going to be seeing videos coming up pretty soon and some skits and things like that. But just remember, right now, right now, there are people all over the globe sharing the gospel in languages. We can't even pronounce the name of the country, much less speak the language. And they're telling them Jesus loves them. We need to be hands and feet to help in that. So don't forget that. A lot of great things going on, but you can read for yourself in the bulletin, in the communicator, the e-news, all of that kind of stuff. But right now, right now, listen to me, right now, we're here to worship Jesus. Right now, we're here to focus on Him, who He is, what He does in our life. So let us sing, let us pray, let us give. And when we leave here, let us be able to say, we worship the living God. Amen? Amen. Let's get at it. Let's worship.
sing, you get to the bridge. It says, my heart will sing no other name uh, but Jesus. And this morning as we were singing through, yeah, we can sing these songs time and time. There's just some days when you come in and you sing a song and it just hits you yeah. in a different way. And you know, my, my heart, I, I try to, I pray I'm too transparent sometimes up here on the stage, and my heart a lot of times does not sing Jesus. My heart a lot of times sings Matt Tucker. And in the times that it's not singing Matt Tucker, it can sing Leslie Tucker. Um, and it can sing Meadows Regional because they wrap my pitch up. Then sometimes it gets back around to see Jesus. Um, but, you know, that's just because we're human. And I think you guys have all, if you'll take the time to look at your life, you'll realize that you're probably in the same boat as Matt Tucker. Maybe not as often that you're there. Because life flows and life pulls um, in many different directions. Um, but our desire and our goal um, each day should be for our heart to see Jesus. Because Matt Tucker's going to let Matt Tucker down. Um, and Matt Tucker's definitely going to let Leslie down. And Leslie's going to let Matt down. And, um, we're, all, we're human. It just happens. But Jesus Christ is worthy. Um, he, he took our sin debt to know on the cross. He raised from the dead. He called Lazarus out of the tomb. He did all of these great things. We know he's able. We know he's sufficient. And in that, we know he's worthy of our worship. Uh, we know he's worthy of our praise. And as we sing through these words, it says, You are good, you are good, when there's nothing good in me. Um, you are love, you are love on display for all to see. Um, you are light when darkness closes in. And you are hope because you covered all my sin. And then you get down, like, uh, the first line of the second verse says, You are peace when my fear is crippling. And you are true even in my wondering. He never changes. He never fails. But then you get to the third verse. And it's all about him. You are more, you are more than my words will ever say. You are Lord, you are Lord. All creation will proclaim. It's in your presence, in his presence that we're made whole. And as we come to this time of worship, those things that stand in Jesus' place, it's time to let them go. Um, so let's worship together. Thank you. 
you are great. Uh, we thank you that you are strong. We thank you that you are mighty. Uh, and Lord, we thank you that even though we fail you, even though we do allow other things to come and fill, uh, try to fill uh, the void in our life, that you are always true and you are always faithful. Lord, I pray that you would just help us just to long to worship you today, that you would help us just to, to worship you in, in so many ways, whether it's through singing, whether it's through um, just having a desire to dig into your word and learn more about you, whether it's just being obedient through giving of our tithes and offerings. Let us be faithful. Um, and let us just worship you uh, in so many ways. Dear Lord, I pray that um, we may have come in here with another, our heart crying another name, our heart crying hurt, our heart crying our, out to ourselves, our heart crying so much. I pray that we would leave here with a heart that will sing Jesus and only Jesus. I pray that we'll realize that you are enough. I pray that you realize we'll realize that nothing does compare to you and everything that comes along with knowing you and loving you and worshiping you. You are good, you are mighty, you are faithful. In your most precious and holy name I pray. Amen.
Some of you, that sounds like begging. That's not what it is. What it is is love. It's the ultimate admiration. To say to God, God, you're it. You're it. The rest of this stuff that I've been chasing after, it's not going to get it done. And uh, I'm running in the mud here. And I need you to lift me up. So, he loves us so that we can love him because he first
staying away from loose living and the worldly entrapments that does so easily grab a hold of us. But today I want us to look at three verses. Chapter 3, verses 5, 15, 16, and 17. I was raised by a dad who believed that there was no sense in paying somebody else to fix or to put something together when you could do it yourself. That was just the way I was raised. Dad, my grandfather before him, they, we didn't have a whole lot, and so if there was something to be done, you did it yourself. And I can remember getting, when we first got married, uh, the best furniture in the world for us was solder furniture. Anybody ever had any solder furniture? It comes in a cardboard box about this big, about this long. And all it is is wood grain laminate over particle board. And you get it out and you start staining things up and if you don't read just right, you'll have it all built backwards and upside down. Every once in a while you buy a product like that, you buy a toy or the worst is a swing set, and you get it all opened up, or a trampoline. At least a trampoline you know you're going in circles with. All those angles on a swing set. But you open it up, there's no instruction. You're like, dear Lord, we are in the tribulation period. Trying to put this stuff together without instruction. It's crazy. Well, I'm going to tell you something that's crazy. It is absolutely, without a doubt, the most ridiculous thing to think you can live for the Lord without any instruction. To serve God in such a wretched, broken down world that is constantly bombarding us through media, through radio, through advertisements, through education, through recreation, through vacation, through relations, through finances, through government, through everything, bombarding us with the idea that we are self-sufficient, we don't need anything else. And besides all of that outward attack, Inside, born in the flesh, we're saying, I'm good. I can handle this. I can do this. I have tried to put together a swing set without instruction. It was the longest three months of my life. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And you know, guys, when all else fails, read the instruction. The greatest thing on earth to me, besides the Lord, is Google. <laughs> Dean and I was working on my old car the other day. We were trying to pull wires. There's more wires in that car than there were in my last house I built. And every one of them is a different color. And they're supposed to be labeled. This is, they weren't all labeled and they kind of faded off. Well, I just Googled this wiring harness for this car and it showed everywhere everything was supposed to be. 
And I was standing there, and he said, where's this color go? I said, it goes there. We put a piece of tape on it, mark it, say, okay, it goes there. Where's this color go? And we can go in different ways. I want you, if there's ever been a Sunday where you took notes, I want you to take notes today. So right now, if you need to stir around, if you need to get up and go borrow something, I want you to get a piece of paper. I want you to get a piece of uh, something to write with. As my uh, fifth grade teacher told me, pencil, pen, mother, blood, whatever it takes to write with. I want you to write down three things that are clear in instruction to help us live a life that pleases Him. We're going to keep it simple. Sometimes we overcomplicate it. The Judaizers of the day, the Gnostics, were complicated matters. It needs to be simple for people like me and Jerry Wiggins. Okay? Me and you, baby. Me and you. I think it's supposed to be you and me. See, I, I don't do that well either. I want, I want to preach to you today out of these three verses, instructions included. Isn't it amazing when you stumble over it? We heard this morning, sometimes you sing the same old song over and over and over. And then one day you sing something, and it just, it just grabs you by the heart. You can read the same scripture over and over and over, and then one day it's right where you're living, and God just absolutely gives you a, a, an untold victory in a scripture that three years ago you read, and it was good, but it was like, oh, hum, you know, that don't apply to me. Well, now it does. Listen to these three verses. Simple, straightforward, we'll go in. He said, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. To the which also you are called in one body and be thankful. Now the word let here literally means to permit or to allow. He said allow. Give permission. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. There are born again believers in Jesus Christ who are living in constant turmoil. They're in turmoil in their homes. They're in turmoil on their jobs. They're in turmoil in everything they do. They do. They're drawn up. Just being around them makes you nervous wreck. You have to walk on eggshells. They're mad at somebody. It's always somebody else's fault. There's no peace. First thing I want you to write down this morning is, in these instructions, let, allow, Allow or let the peace of God rule. Let the peace of God rule. That seems simple, doesn't it? There's a lot goes on to let peace rule in your life. To let the peace of God rule in your life, you've got to give up all your rights. All of them. Tonight, if we dare come back on a Sunday night, I know it's unheard of. But to come back, you're going to hear verses 18 to the end of the chapter about how we do that as a husband, wife, children, boss, employee. We're going to read all that in the latter part of Colossians. How we are to live out our Christian life in the position of life God's places. Let the peace of God rule. How do we do that? Number one, we do it rest. We rest. How do we rest? He said, let the peace of God rule in your heart. 
to the which also you're called in one body and be thankful. Matthew chapter 11 says this. In verse 28, Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I will do what? I like the rest. I'm in my second half century. I really like resting more than ever. I enjoy rest. I enjoy it. And, and I'm old enough that I don't care what anybody else thinks when I do. You know what I'm saying? I don't care what people think. You know, you ought to get up at 5 o'clock more. Look, just because you can't sleep, don't be mad at us who can. You know, I, I'm still awake when you've been in bed for four hours. That's who I am, and I'm kind of good with that. But when it's time to rest, there's a time to rest. The Bible says that it's not right to go to bed late and get up early. He said that he has given rest to his children. Now, I'm not talking about just physical rest. I'm talking about the mental rest. Of stop with the anxiety of trying to figure life out for yourself. Stop trying to figure. You ever had somebody walk up? I had somebody walk up to me one time and say, I just can't figure you out. <laughs> That's really. I said, well, I would like to see your card, your identification, where God gave you the authority to figure me out. I, I don't understand what you're telling me. Why? But we do. We all evaluate. We meet somebody new. What, what's the deal with it? And then we can't figure it out. We'll go ask somebody else. What do you know about something? What do you know about something? I can't figure it. I can't, can't put my thumb on it. Well, what's the deal? Stop trying to figure everybody else out because, listen, the truth be told, you ain't real sure about yourself. We think we are. But the truth is, real rest comes when we let go and let God. My, my daughter wrote that for her parents and put it on our refrigerator. It's still there. And there are many days or even weeks that I go by and I get my Diet Coke or, I, you know, I get my milk for my cereal or my turkey sandwich or whatever, and I don't see it. And then there's days where I go in and it's just like it's in neon. And God is speaking to me. Let go. And let God. Church, I'm going to tell you something. If we get this part right here, you'll have the greatest week of your life. You hear what I'm saying? Hey, this is worth not going to be. She got up. She's been up since 2 o'clock yesterday. She tried to go to sleep, couldn't go to sleep. She said, I'll just stay up. I want to go to church. That excited me when I read that. I said, Lord, make me your vessel this morning. If she cares, cares that much to come to church, Lord, may we hear from you today. Rest. Rest in the Lord. Sometimes the greatest rest is not asleep. It's just meditating on God. God didn't say, David, go to sleep and know that I am God. He said, be still and know that I am God. Rest for our minds. Why are we always pulling up rest for our bodies? 
Rest for our souls. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your soul. There is nothing more miserable than to have constant turmoil in your soul. Listen, I want you to get this today. I don't know what it is. I don't know if there's this barrier out here somewhere, but I want to tell you today, by the authority invested in me as the pastor of Eastside Baptist Church, I therefore make a proclamation and declare there are no more walls between you and the altar. And I challenge you today to attack this altar with every fiber of your being to find the rest that you so desperately seek for. You're seeking it in the arms of somebody you don't belong with. You're seeking rest through uh, recreation and hobbies. You're seeking it through popularity. You're seeking it through more education and, and the, the, the deep need to be wanted. I'm telling you today, I don't know what the turmoil is in your life. You've got a grudge against somebody. You're holding something against somebody. Look, get rid of all the insecurities. Get rid of all the anxiety. Get rid of the stress. Come to the altar and find rest. As long as you keep sitting there, you're not going to find it. Now, church, I've heard it say, oh, you don't have to come to the altar. I'm going to tell you something. The altar is where you meet with God. You say, I can pray right there. Isn't it amazing? We keep saying that, but we don't keep seeing anything change. Everywhere Abraham met with God, he built an altar. Joshua built an altar. We need to come to the altar of God today. And we need to say, God, this world has trained me to be anxious. It's trained me to be stressed. They are telling us there are more physical problems today based on stress than anything else. Church, he said, let the peace of God do what? Not dwell, rule. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Let it rule. For it, it's real rest. But it's the prosperity, fullness in our personal walk. Jeremiah 29, 11 said, I know the plans I have for you. God said, I've got plans for you. What kind of plans are they? Plans for what? Yeah. Prosperity. Peace, not evil. God means for His church to prosper. That doesn't mean a big bank account, even though it, it, sometimes that's the case. All rich people's not going to hell. There's some rich people who love Jesus. There's some there's some people who really have a whole lot that really give a whole lot. That's not what makes them saved. What makes them saved is they realize that everything they've got is useless without Jesus. We've got to gather in our minds and understand God wants the best for us. I'm not talking about chicken in every pot and a Cadillac in every drum. That's not the prosperity I'm talking about. The richest man alive at the time of the writing of Colossae was Paul. Yet, he wasn't in finances. He didn't have a bank account. He didn't have, listen, he didn't even have his own rented apartment. He was living in a dungeon under the prison guard of Rome. But spiritually, he was the freest man on the 
on earth. You know what? Back in Acts chapter 9, he met Jesus. What if this morning was your Acts 9? What if we met with Jesus today? And he revolutionized your life. You saw him for who he really is. Listen, it's all about you. The first instruction is, let the peace of God rule. And we do this through rest, through the prosperity he wants in our life. And it's fullness in our corporate work. In all things, being thankful. The last part of that. He said, to which also you were called in one body. One body, the church, together. The living body of Christ ought to be enjoying the peace of God. Not this split business. Not one denomination fighting against another denomination. Not the young people fighting against the old people. But the body of Christ loving and living together in peace. Church, you want to turn Claxton upside down. You want to turn Evans County upside down. You want to turn your family and your world upside down. Let them see the peace of God overwhelm you. Let them see you stop being judgmental. Let them stop seeing that you're really nothing but a backbiting, envious, gossiping person who is not happy with himself or anyone else. You put a smile on your face and act like it's a prayer request, but if you're not right with God and there's no peace in your life, everybody sees you for who you really are. It's time to come and find a peace. A peace that goes, it don't make sense.
Listen, I've got great news. We need you as teachers. <laughs> Amen. 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 Look, you've got it all figured out. You know all you need to know. Well, we need your help because I need it. The others who are coming need it. We need you to teach us what you already know. Because God's Word should dwell in us in all wisdom, this discernment. Listen, God did not call us to beat people over the head with the Bible. It's a sword. It'll do its own cutting. You do not have to wield the Bible in an unbiblical way. Just preach the Word. The instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all authority. All scriptures given by inspiration of the Holy Ghost. God breathed, He them. And it is profitable for, for doctrine. I, don't, I had a preacher tell me one time. He said, I want you to come preach our revival. I said, well, I'd be honored. He said, well, just remember now, I mean, you don't see eye to eye on stuff when it comes to the end times. And I said, yes, sir, I understand that. He said, I don't preach no doctrine. I just stay in the book. Now, I love that old preacher. He's with the Lord now. And he found out that was the dumbest statement to get ever made. Because every scripture is doctrine. Every single one of them. It may be doctrine of end times. It may be the doctrine of Christ. It may be the doctrine of the Bible. It may be the doctrine of angels. It may be the doctrine of man. It may be the doctrine of the church. It may be the doctrine of salvation. But it is doctrine. And it is profitable for us to study, to know, to study to show ourselves approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly, di rightly dividing the word a lot of cultists out there that use King James Bible. Think about what I'm preaching out of this morning. It's in the Mormon quality. This is the Bible. They didn't change it. It's this Bible exact. But you can take this scripture so far out of context that you can say, I can baptize people that are dead, baptize them in the heaven. I can be baptized for them. I can do other things. I can pray them out of, out of some holding pattern Send them on to glory. We can make this stuff fit our own way of thinking. Look, there's one that stands up on TV every day and says, Hold up your Bible. This is my Bible. Look, number one, he needs to get a haircut. That's what a preacher tells you. Number two, he needs to pre preach the whole counsel of God, not just what makes you feel good. That's right. Y'all know who I'm talking about. His initials are Joel Osteen. And it's all about how you can feel good. I'm going to tell you something. Some of the greatest scriptures that's ever spoken in my life didn't make me feel good. It made me feel wretched and raunchy and nasty and vile. The person who I really am. And it drove me to Calvary. Some of the greatest things my parents ever did for me is to tell me no. Come on. No, you can't go with them. No, you can't have them. No. No. Sometimes it's hard to be a parent telling no. Listen to me, parents. Tell them no. 
Listen to me, kids. If you can't take no, deal with it. And know that if you keep pastoring and pinch a fit, you're going to answer for it. If your parents tell you no, the best thing you can do is smile and say thank you and walk off. I speak from experience. And sometimes I would walk off but not quick enough to get outside the reach of my father. And if they can't take that, parents wear their eyes out. Change the world. I don't believe in whipping. I'm smart and I read Dr. Oz and blah, 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 blah. I don't care if you're kin to Oprah. I don't care. I really don't care. I'm going to stand on the truth that God's Word said if you won't discipline them with a rod, you hate them. Because there's some sin you just need to beat out. Now, now I don't mean beating. Don't, don't get me all, don't go all penal, left-wing, SPCA, liberal, socialist, Bernie Sanders on me. My dad wore us boys out. My dad was a barber. Number one, bad when the dead believes in whipping. Number two, it's really bad when he's a barber. Yeah, and the old times they called it a strap, they called it a straw. And I don't know why the straw is hurt more than straw. People talk about switches. Shit. I stand here and take a switch all day. I hey, I don't care what you or anybody else says. No. All we get out the straw, you be begging for a switch. And then belts will be pulled up like cobras. Because my dad was on he was squared away. He'd open the drawer and all of his belts would be in there. I need to borrow a belt this week. I went in and pulled that drawer open. I was scared to death when I said, they'll bite you. They'll bite you. Well, they're all coiled up. They're just like a bunch of snakes jumping. But look at me. Look at what my daddy did to me. I mean, I'm 6'2", 205 pounds. I mean, he studied my girl. I could have been a professional basketball player, could have been a professional football player. I'd have been six, seven, three hundred pounds if Dad wouldn't have beat me. <laughs> but he studied my growth. I only have a size 12 foot. I mean, I could have set world records. The truth is, it takes discernment. There's time, parents, that you speak the word of discernment to your child. There are times I can look at my daughter and she knew. I didn't have to wait for her. I didn't have to. There's times that my mother can speak a word to me. It didn't take no pain. My mother let me know I let the Lord down. And I was some of the hardest thing I can remember getting mad one night at church. Something happened. Real bad. Well, I thought it was real bad. Bible school. Satan always comes after you during Bible school. Becky and I went left and we went to a restaurant. I sat down and I said, I'm quit. I'm fed up with this nonsense. This is ridiculous. People are so stupid. Blah, blah, blah. She said, well, if that's what y'all want. <laughs> Don't be spiritual when I'm trying to throw a fit. 
I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear about what God wants. I want to quit. That's what the Lord wants. She didn't say, at this time, you're so stupid. Why in the world would you? Why would you even do that? I thought you was tough. I thought you was preaching the word of God. Now I've heard that. But not at this time. This time she said, well, that's what God wants. Listen, we've got to know how to use God's word and use it wisely. To encourage people. Through discernment and discipline, training. He said here in this verse, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing. But how do we do that? We distribute this word. We admonish through psalms. The psalms are sacred oaths. They're poetic interludes. We can read. You know, we went through Psalm 136. Wasn't that beautiful? For His mercy endureth forever. Happier are those people whose God is the Lord. My, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Those are the psalms. They were meant. And David was mu musical. David would sing the psalms. And we can do the same. Through hymns. These are religious songs. They're doctrinally correct. They're, they're, and, and listen, can I say something to you now? I know this may blow your mind. There's nothing up here. But just because it's not in the Baptist hymnal and it's presented on PowerPoint does not necessarily mean it's not a hymn. If it's a song that is sung with with the, the rhythmic aspects of him, a religious song that's done that is doctrinally correct, and it's a hymn. And then there are spiritual songs, which literally at the time was a chant, but it's a song of glory. It's a song of Christ. And whether it's a song, or whether it's a spiritual song, or whether it's a hymn, we want to put more categories. That's the categories Paul said we ought to do it by letting the Word of God dwell in us through that. I'm going to tell you something. Right now, think about the song. Philip said. Think about it. Just think. If you'll meditate on that sometime this week, it'll come back to your heart. That's pleasing to God. Sometime this week, riding down the road, walking from class to class, fixing your coffee, sitting down to supper, these words, I pray, come to your heart. My Jesus, I love you. Boy, just think about it. Just think about it. And as we meditate, a lot of times I catch myself walking down the hall here at the church and I hear, Alas, and did my Savior bleed and did my sovereign die? Would he devote that sacred head for such a work as I at the cross, at the cross? Where I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart rolled away, it was there by faith I received my sight. Hear this. 
there anything negative about Jesus? Tell me that. Is there? Jesus, did he not leave heaven for you? Did Jesus not come and live without sin? Did he or did he not? Did he, was he born of a virgin? Did he literally hang on the cross? And as the song said, had that crown of thorns thrust upon his brow with every drop of blood, did every drop of blood come out? The Bible says, yes. Did they really bury him in a tomb? Well, here's the big one now. Y'all need to make sure you got this. Remember that wall's torn down up there. Is he really risen from the dead? One final. Is he really sitting at the right hand of the Father right now here in you? Then let him, let his word, let his power, let his authority, let his peace, let his joy, let his strength, let his victory dwell in you. And whatever you say and whatever you do, this is our message, this is our mission, and let it all be done in Jesus' name. As they come to the instruments, we need to understand that we are to start and finish everything, he said, with thankfulness. Giving thanks to God the Father through Him. You got your act together? Great! Come thank Him for it. Altars ought to be full this morning. There ought to be no question that we come seeking God's peace because I know we don't all have it. I know that there are weak spots in our lives that we need God's power to overcome us. Overcome our lives and our issues that we may go in the power and authority of Jesus' name and in His Word and in His peace. Three simple things. Very simple thing. Let his peace reign. Let his word dwell. Let his name. Let his name reign supreme. In everything we do. Without hesitation. Without question. You need to come to this altar today. You need to receive Christ. You need to pray and repent as Lord saved me. Come to this altar. Tell me, I want to pray with you. You need to come surrender and say, God, I need peace. I, I need help, Lord. I need that authority that is Christ, that when I face the world, I do so in His Word. Lord, come. Come into my life. Stay in come. Stay in come.
Don't you feel better? Okay, let's try that. Hey, don't you feel better? Now, see, you've been obedient. You don't stop. Now, you put it in, in action. That's where the faith step comes. You've already started taking the steps of faith coming and giving it to the Lord. But now take the Lord with you in power and authority, knowing He really is, and that He is a rewarder to those who diligently seek Him. Amen? Bill, we come this morning. This is Bill Young. He's been visiting with us for several weeks. Bill works at the paper here uh, at Claxton Enterprise. And, uh, he's a member at uh, First Baptist Louis. So my buddy Eric. Uh, not been a believer that long. Matter of fact, Eric had a uh, He has a tremendous testimony. He's still working through a lot of things. He's, in his life, and he wants to rededicate his Lord. He wants to join uh, with our fellowship as he's moved here to Clarkson. Amen. 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 I encourage you to come when we finish closing prayer. Come and just uh, extend to him warm Eastside breeze. Let him know that you'll be praying for him and welcome him to our local church family. Anything else that anyone's on has anything on your heart that you want to share before we leave? This is the time. Right now.